Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. We've got Amanda Cooksey coming on. We've actually been connected for many years. We were just talking about this before the show, but we've been connected since 2014, 2015. That's pretty cool when you bring on somebody that you've been connected to for years through Facebook and stuff. But we're definitely excited to talk a little bit about her story and about her music and see where this goes. So Amanda, are you here? I'm here. <laughs> Hi. So how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, thank yeah, you for being here pressure. today. <laughs> now, I always like to start the show out the same way. I mean, hopefully next year I won't have to start the show out this way anymore. Yes. But because of the time that we're in, how has COVID affected you and what are you doing to maneuver around that? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, it's definitely affected me a lot, unfortunately. Um, as an artist, you know, one of the main things that we love doing in Nashville is performing. And yeah. for yeah. Um, a significant part of the year, a lot of us haven't been able to do that. Um, so that's been very difficult. And, you know, I'm still kind of hesitant to go back. I know people are starting to get back in the swing of things, but <laughs> I just haven't felt super comfortable yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but I'm hoping. I definitely understand that. Is, yeah, I'm hoping mm-hmm. 2021 will be everything will clear up a little bit more. But definitely the live shows, I'm I'm definitely missing that a lot. But other than that, it's at least been a, a time to be more creative as far as writing mm-hmm. goes, and kind of just take a break from everything and get to kind of relax and you know, try to find some inspiration. For us, it kind of went the other way because we launched a show in January of this year. And the plan was, the original plan was 100 interviews first year. We thought, you know what, if we pulled that off, that would probably be more than most hosts do in their very first year. And we were running hard with that, and then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, this could be an opportunity in disguise for us because artists are going to need a place to talk. I was like, I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? This is our time to shine. So we stepped it up, and because of that, we're over 200 now. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So now our our goal is 300 interviews first year, which I think we're going to hit that probably in November. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So it seemed to work in your favor a little bit, even though it's been a pretty unfortunate time. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you know, in this in this day and time, it's not that you want a virus to happen, but, you know, it's there. Right. You have to deal with it, and you just find a way to where, you know what, how can I benefit? I mean, I, we can't change it. It's there. So how can I use this to my favor? And I think with our show, we found that, so you know what, let's run hard and harder like we've ever, because there will never be another 20, there will never be an opportunity for us to build our foundation to our show like it is this year. At least I hope not. You know, let's hope this is it. <laughs> right. I know. It's it's definitely been difficult, but you're right. There's there's def- definitely some positives to it, and trying to see the positives can be difficult sometimes um, when you're stuck inside where it stays, but you kind of just have to. So, you know, before we really dig deep into a little bit of your story, um, I like to go a little light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm a big uh, movie buff and TV buff, so I love 
watching Netflix. It's my past favorite pastime. <laughs> so I'm usually, <laughs> you know, kind of a homebody, and I love just watching different shows and especially mm-hmm. horror movies. That's kind of my favorite. No oh, well. uh, favorite genre to watch so that's you know a big part of my life and then I just like to hang out with friends and you know we play card games video games like whatever just doing something doing something fun so I don't know kind of just random things um but you know music takes up most of my day-to-day for sure (laughs) so what would you say is something quirky about you oh gosh (laughs) I feel like everything's pretty quirky about me, but <laughs> if, if I have to say one thing, um, I'm definitely a big nerd. Um, I yeah. kind of, I tell people this all the time on my Facebook lives or my Instagram lives, but I love Marvel and DC movies. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I really love the superhero stuff and I'm kind of just a nerd. So <laughs> that's definitely like the quirkiest thing. I love that. So, Tell everybody a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of a, your backstory a little bit. Well, I'm originally from Orlando, Florida, and um, I was always a really, really shy kid growing up. Um, it was really hard for me to even talk to family members or friends when I was really little. I would go and hide in my room and oh, <laughs> just well. kind of keep to myself and You know, as I was growing up, I was playing piano, and that was kind of like the first start to, like, music for me. I was, since first grade, I'd been playing classical piano. And when I was in middle school, I started writing these little songs just for fun by myself, and Mm -hmm. I'd sing in my bedroom. And I'd sing in church um, a little bit, but, you know, I was still very, very shy. (laughs) And (laughs) I... I was taking uh, piano and vocal lessons from somebody named Ron Feldman and, you know, he heard me sing and he was like, wow, you know, you should really start to play some shows or, you know, perform mm-hmm. in your school talent show. Mm-hmm. And I had an eighth grade talent show coming up and extremely nervous the day of uh, that I had to perform. <laughs> I felt so bad because, you know, I was, I had so much nerve going on that, you know, I felt like I was kind of in my head a lot and my mom and brother were just trying to help me out. And I was just so nervous that I couldn't even like focus on anything else. But I ended up playing the show in front of, you know, 500 people and I ended up, you know, loving it and people loved what I was doing. So I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I can do this and I shouldn't be so shy and so nervous to perform. So I ended up kind of just rolling with it and, started to play shows around Florida and I was continuing to write songs with the help of my um, piano teacher, Ron Feldman, because he'd always been familiar with that side of the, of the business as well. So he would critique them. And Mm -hmm. uh, from there, I kind of just kept performing and it was probably towards the end of high school when I started to consider colleges and, you know, Belmont came up as like a potential option for me because uh-huh. of music school. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense. I was like, okay, yeah. well, maybe I should go try out Nashville and, you know, ended up, you know, falling in love with the school, falling in love with the town. And unfortunately, right before I moved to Nashville, my piano instructor, Ron, had um, been diagnosed with cancer. 
Oh, well. And so I, hear that. I was, uh, no, I, it, he still lives on within my music for sure, but it was definitely hard for me because he continued to teach up until the moment he literally could not teach anymore. And so watching yeah. him just get worse was just so hard for me that I, I ended up quitting my lessons before I moved just because it was too intense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shortly after mm-hmm. I moved to Nashville, he passed away. Um, but he's definitely been a huge influence on my music career and really pushed me to be the best artist and musician I could be. So I owe a lot of it to him for sure. And he'd be so proud right now too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I hope he's <laughs> yeah. down on me. He was, he was tough on me for sure. Especially with piano. He, if I didn't get, if I didn't get one note right, he was like, all right, you got to do Start it again. Over I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It was good. People always say yeah. those type of teachers are the ones that change them the most. Right. That's for so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ron, what age Ron definitely did, had that. Yeah. So, so what age did you, you know, every, most artists, they, there's an age to where they wanted to do music. But there's also an age where they realized this could be a career. What was that moment for you? I mean, did you always know this could be a career, or was there a moment where you're like, whoa, this could actually work? Man, I I think, honestly, I thought about it a lot in high school, but it wasn't until I moved to Nashville that mm-hmm. I even thought it could be a career. You know, I oh, wow. when you move to Nashville, you see all this talent and all these artists pursuing their dreams and it's a little intimidating, but at the same time it pushes you to like, to just hone in on your craft. And that's what I did Mm -hmm. when I got here. And I realized, Mm -hmm. you know, the more I wrote songs um, and the more I started to find my sound as an artist, I realized, wow, this could be a huge opportunity to tell my story and to share my feelings with people. And I think that that's my favorite part about music is just being able to connect to others and kind of share my world. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that was kind of the turning point for me was just moving here and seeing, okay, oh, like wow. there's a lot of people that are pursuing this. It's, it's a possibility. It's something that I feel passionate about. So I love that. So, um, as you know, it's the music industry and a lot of people don't really <laughs> see that side of it. Um, they see like the glory of your Blake Shelton, the Miranda's and Carrie's out there, but they don't see the grime sacrifices, tears that it takes, not just to make it at their level, but to make it at even a career level. And I always like to talk about that side of it because nobody talks about this side of it. And I think it's the most important side to talk about because people need to know the truth behind what it really takes. So I'm going to tell a quick story I hope guide us into where I want this to go. <laughs> but back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And, and I'll never forget, I remember asking her a question of what advice she'd given up becoming artists. And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you want it to be a career, she says, your life is no longer your own. She goes, your friends and family never understand because, you know, especially when you're in the grinding point of your career, which is the very, very beginning, and they invite you to you know, cookouts, weddings, weekends, holidays. 
but you got to say no because you're you're gigging and you've got gigs and they don't understand you can't just cancel you can't be one of those type of artists you can't cancel even though it's their wedding and um so then on top of that your family has to sacrifice right along with you and then if that wasn't enough then you have to then you sit there and there are days where you just don't feel like doing anything but if you got a gig that night you got to get up there and smile like there's no tomorrow but then she added but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, meaning you cannot see yourself doing anything else, go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Right. Oh, I definitely agree with everything that she said. I mean, it's, it's a huge sacrifice. Um, I know, especially for my family, you know, they've, really supported my music career. I've been lucky and fortunate to have mm-hmm. a family who does and they've helped me out from the beginning. And it is it's a lot of it's a lot of money and time and tears for sure. You get told <laughs> no a lot, way more times than you're ever told yes. Uh-huh. You know, it's the small victories that really keep you going because you realize, okay, there's still like this opportunity. There's I'm still making music that I love and it's just hard to like imagine not doing music anymore. It's mm-hmm. like after you put in so many years and so much time into it, it's it's almost like I don't know. It would just it would physically like hurt me if I had to give it up. So I totally understand what you're saying. It's just, <laughs> you kind of have to go for it while you can, and just kind of take it day by day. But there's definitely days where I, I mean, I struggle with anxiety and. There's definitely mm-hmm. days where I feel like I need to just put it on pause for a minute and just take the day for myself. <laughs> yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's just the yeah. nature of being an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. It is. And being creative, I mean, you're more – usually creatives are more emotional and all that. So you right. have to do – you know, you, you have to have that balance there. I mean, I, I think an artist's life will never be in balance. That's just – the life they signed up for, but there's got to be some balance there, there where, where you have to take that time to refresh yourself. Right. Right. No, there definitely is. And I feel like, you know, you could literally work all hours of the day on music just because there's so many different aspects to it, whether it's, you know, social media or whether it's performing or whether it's just working mm-hmm. on your craft or, you know, Uh, trying to get your name out there in whatever way you can. There's just always something you can be doing. It's really important to find, like, a healthy balance where you're not just (laughs) staying up all hours of the night working on things when you just have to, like, manage your time, which can be very, very difficult sometimes, especially when – especially for me, I just can't get my head out of things sometimes when I just work (laughs) until I realize, oh, it's 1.30 or 2 in the morning. (laughs) And, yeah, you know, we know what you're talking about with the show, like even with our show, because <laughs> we're always booking people and all that and trying to mm-hmm. and with the new country buzz, posting the news for up and coming country artists and all that. So the very time, you know, for the longest time, I fought putting my emails on my phone. Because I was like, you know what, when we're out and about, I just I just want to be us. And finally, right. we were growing so much that I got to the point where I said, you know what, if a big artist responds and they ready for a date and I don't get it to them quick I could lose that <laughs> so I finally <laughs> broke up 
and put email on my phone. And, and now when we're out and about, we're driving, and I'm like, oh, okay, I just got to respond, and I got to respond back. And so I, so I definitely, right. I, I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely helped, helped, but it also hurt because now we're like 24-7, like y'all are. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and and the the iPhones definitely uh, don't help with that because you're just attached to the hips all the time with technology. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard it's hard not to even if even if you don't put it on your phone, you're like, well, I could check, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess probably one of the reasons I didn't put it on the phone because I thought that if I put the emails on my phone, it wouldn't, you know. I thought the server would push it towards the phone if I checked it there, and it wouldn't go to the main home computer because I need it on my computer. And I realized, okay, I could do both, and it would, and it still worked. So, I was, okay, this works. I'm not losing my emails because I don't want to. What you don't want is to lose your emails right now. So this right. is actually better because I got them in multiple places. <laughs> right. It's true. It's true. It's it's a, it's a good and bad problem to have, I guess. <laughs> So um, we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side. Let's go the other way and talk about the glory side. When you look back on your career so far, what are some highlight moments, some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Man, well, I think for me, you know, it's been little victories here and there, but one of the biggest um, ones so far was my song, Yo Mama, landing on Radio Disney Country. Um, for me, that was like a big victory in my mind because I'd grown up watching Disney Channel and had always seen myself as kind of fitting that role of being a Disney Channel artist. And mm-hmm. for me, like having the opportunity to have my song played on there was just, it was a blessing. <laughs> and honestly, it just felt surreal. So that was definitely <laughs> one of my, one of my big victories. And writing How did that happen? Incredible writer. Oh, well. That happened, I guess. You know, I literally just reached out to somebody, somebody on the team there, and they loved the song and they wanted to play it on uh, oh, wow. Let the Girls Play, uh, which is like, and it was Song of the Week on Let the Girls Play, which is, you know, huh. it was a really big oh, deal wow. for me and felt, felt like an honor. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So that was, that was definitely one of my my big victories recently and also just the fact that I've been able to write with some Grammy award winning songwriters while I've been here, people that I never could have imagined when I was growing up, just writing songs in my bedroom, just continuing Mm. to really build my craft and meet people that I, like I said, I would have never imagined (laughs) meeting when I was younger. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's definitely been a blessing in that respect. And, there's just been like a lot of different opportunities I've yeah. had over the years that have just, you know, made me appreciate what I do. Cause you know, like we're, we've had a lot of no's in the beginning and yeah. just continuing to grow and build as an artist, you kind of have to appreciate those little things that come up and just remember, okay, these things happen. So, you know, if I keep working at it, I'm going to continue to have like little victories here and there. So mm-hmm. And I definitely know about what you're talking about, the rejection. Because even growing with a show, you know, we, we'll, we'll always be for rising artists. But, you know, you want bigger artists, too. We want, we want a combo of both, you know, have a solid show. Right. So I remember we were two months in the show. And, and, and granted, 
it's not that old of a show, but we've been around the industry for a while. So I thought, you know, and I remembered reaching out to this person's team, and I thought, you know, we had a chance to get this person who was big time rising. And I thought, you know, it'd be great because um, I know her family and stuff, or I'm friends with her dad and her sister on Facebook. And we've chatted and talked. I'm like, okay, this. Well, I learned really quick that once they get signed by a label, label chooses. Family doesn't matter no more. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and so I was a little depressed. I got turned down from this one. I'm like, dang, you know, what are we really doing here? And then I remembered that about an hour later. I got an email from someone from another PR company. It says, I've got six artists I'd like to put on your show. And I'm sitting there like, okay, we lost one and gained six. I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was a win. Exactly. <laughs> it was, exactly. I know. It's all you know, about so, appreciating, appreciating the victory. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, again, you know, the good thing for what we do is we don't get turned down much. So our, but for what y'all do, it's a, it's a, the other way where you get turned down more than, so, you know, that's got to be a little tougher sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, it, it can be defeating sometimes, but, you know, at the end of the day, you just love what you do so much that you don't want it to just be the end of your career just because of exactly. one step back. So you just keep going. So. <laughs> now, when I say we don't get turned down much, we get turned down from 90 Five percent of big artists, so we did get to, we, we did get turned down a lot. <laughs> yeah, but trying to move the, trying to move to the to the next level has been really really tough. But we're, yeah. you know, we just keep doing it. We're interviewing two people a day, six days a week. It's two people a day, six days a week. We're doing what we need to do, and we just keep growing. And eventually, we'll be like the Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentleys out there. But because that you know, so we're kind of chasing the same dream you were chasing, just on a different platform. Because we want you know, where y'all want to be the Blake Shelton's and the Miranda's and the Carries, we want to be the Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentley's, you know? <laughs> right. And you guys, you, you've interviewed some incredible artists and, and writers. And I mean, you're doing really well. I mean, considering you guys have had over 200 interviews already this year, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's been, oh, thank it's you. been crazy. It's been fun. It, yeah, it's been, been a lot so of blessed. fun. Mm-hmm. But it's it's exhausting too sometimes, you know, because like, like you said, you know, you're, when you're doing two interviews a day, six days a week, sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I got to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we love I it. Have it's fun. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we wouldn't, but again, that's one of, like what you said, when you got the passion there, you can't just yes. quit because you can't imagine, do, uh, mm-hmm. we can't imagine not doing this show. You know, but there are moments where we feel like we got to (laughs) breathe. Yes, I totally understand that. I totally get it. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and play your song, What's His Name, and then talk about that. How's that sound? Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Hang on the line here. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. 
The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. We don't sit up what around here no more. We don't sit up what around here no more. Jet black deep hair white Adidas. Walked in and he's been in like tequila. Damn, who's that? I had to ask. Cause I'm too curious for my own good. Everything about him told me that I should turn and be not fall in love. But I jumped in head first. Should've used my head first. Should've never wondered. What's his name? Oh, gosh. Um, so I wrote that song about a year ago um, with my co-writers, Michael August, Austin Niverell, who also produced the song, and uh, Steve Lester. And um, about a year ago in June, I went through a really terrible breakup with one of my best friends, and I wanted to write something fun and upbeat that could help me forget about it and, you know, something that mm-hmm. I could just, turn on and other people could turn on and just dance to with their friends and 
you know, forget an act <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the goal. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and one of my co-writers, um, Michael and I, we came up with the idea when we were just talking one day. We were, just, I think he had literally just forgotten someone's name. I was like, "What's his name again?" And we were like, "Yeah, that could be a cool song title, actually." And so that's kind of how it came about. But we wanted to make it as oh, fun as possible. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, one thing we like yeah. to do on the show, as you know, a lot of people they see the artist, but they don't see the team behind them. And I don't think the team gets enough love. And it doesn't matter if the team's a team of one or a team of 300 like Justin Bieber has, you know. It's still <laughs> a team. And the team matters. And they don't get enough love. So we always like to give the artists a chance to talk a little bit about their teams. If you want to tell us the people behind you to help support you and help you be who you are. Man, well, I mean, I definitely want to start with my, my parents first. <laughs> and I know that sounds, you know. You know, I they've just been such a supportive team, part of my team for me, because they have helped me move to Nashville and get to where I need to be. And they've, you know, just been helping me along the way with anything that I need. So they've definitely been a really important part of, you know, that team for me. And then mm-hmm. also Michael August, for sure. Um, he's not only one of my co-writers, but he's just been amazing at helping me find other co-writers in Nashville to work with. He's really just been an amazing, you know, part of the team that really supports what I do and really believes in what I do. And I've just been really blessed to be able to work with him. And then my, my vocal coach, Jan Smith has also been amazing at guiding Mm -hmm. me and kind of making sure that I'm making good choices in the music business because, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traps that you can fall into sometimes and she's yep. been, you know, very helpful in that respect. And she's also an amazing vocal coach who has helped me uh, grow and develop as an artist. And she's, you know, willing to help me whenever I need help. So she's also been a really, you know, big part of my career so far. So I think those are the main, the main people right yeah. now, um, but they've definitely so been a huge, had a huge impact. You know, it sounds like your parents were big-time supportive, and I love to hear that. So tell us a parent story. And this, you probably got a 1,000 of them. I get this. Just something that really stands out, a parent story where they went above and beyond for your music career, and you were like, wow, they really get this is my passion. Right. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, allowing me to – and helping me move to Nashville because – you know, they obviously, as parents, you know, love and miss me so much. Uh-huh. And, you know, constant, they've constantly been there for me, especially back in Florida. They were always coming to every show of mine. I don't think they ever missed one show that I had. And so, you know, taking the time to oh, well. drive me here and there to different places, um, you know, for a good part of the beginning of my music career was, you know, a lot. And I do really respect them for all of that and appreciate them and I'm very blessed that they've been so supportive because I know some people's parents aren't and they've just been you know helping me chase this dream for a while now and the move to Nashville was not an easy one especially for my mom I know she she had a hard time with it because she misses me and I know it definitely had a, yeah. an impact on my family and just being away from them and they've just always yeah 
supported my career and helped me, you know, financially be able to to support myself here in Nashville. So I'm yeah. definitely blessed. And, you know, talking about team, we kind of got a third co-host ourselves. Um, our little eight-year-old, we always let him come on and ask one question. Yes. To each artist, so uh-huh. Sandy's going to get him on real quick. And, and you yeah. know what? Uh, and, and when um, – Caitlin, our 18-month-old, which you just heard her, <laughs> gets older. We'll be plugging her into the show, too. <laughs> oh, so cute. So she's getting now. So. And he loves this. No, so. oh, I'm excited. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, here he is. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Hi Amanda. What's your favorite food? <laughs> And what was the uh, what was the question? Uh, hi, Amanda. What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Oh God, yeah. that's a hard <laughs> question. I like food a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I think for me my favorite food. I really like pasta. Because mm. um, my grandparents are Italian, and they came from <laughs> Italy, and so my grandma makes the best pasta. And, and what's yours, little Chris? So that's definitely pizza. Pizza? Oh my gosh, pizza is really good. I think I had, so I had pizza, pasta, pizza last right? night, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Love pizza. Bye, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he loves that. Yeah, some every now and then he don't get to ask that question, but he, you know, he, but he loves it. What's funny is we're about to start doing shows eventually where we bring artists back. And so we're going to have to change his question up for him on that one. Oh. <laughs> you know, cause again, you know, with an eight year old, you kind of like, okay, you want to make sure you control the environment here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to like, nope, you can't can choose the question. Yep. Say, look, yep. This is what you ask. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? So hard. That's such a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, if I'm just going off the top of my head, I think for me, Julia Michaels would be my top co-write. I really love Julia Michaels. She inspires me and a lot of my music. And I've always been a huge fan of her songs and her songwriting is just so unique and so her. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I love the most about her is oh, that wow. she kind of has her own imprint and you can hear it in any song that she writes, whether it's for Selena mm-hmm. Gomez or, you know, whoever else. But yeah. I think we'd probably write a song about breakups because she writes <laughs> a lot of those and I write a lot of those. So I think that that's <laughs> definitely where it would go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now there's still probably a thousand answers to this next question, but just think of the, whatever pops in your head. But what is a song you've heard that you wish you wrote? Song I heard that I wish I wrote. Oh, man, there's so many of those. <laughs> man, I gotta think. Um, <laughs> but it's really it's such a loaded question. I know. I think. trying to think of like one of my favorite songs but I mean I really like there's a Patsy there's a Patsy Klein song um, Mm -hmm. called Why Can't He Be You 
Mm-hmm. And it's just really, it's crafted really well. It's clever. And yeah. I, I really admire her. And I, I love songs from any decade. And, you know, she's definitely somebody that I, I look back on and I'm like, wow, I think I definitely can relate to her songwriting sensibilities and oh, just wow. her music style. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story because uh, to get the artist to kind of think about that question before we ask them that exact same question. Because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living right now. So she knew where she was going. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Man, that's also so many tough questions, but also really good questions. <laughs> um, in five years, you know, I, I hope to have a publishing deal of some kind. And I really want to be, you know, performing mm-hmm. uh, all over the world um, just to see different cities, different places. And, um, you know, one of my goals and dreams is to open for Julia Michaels, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her on tour last year and I just really admire her and I think it would be an amazing opportunity but um, I think just you know playing shows for bigger audiences and being able to share mm-hmm. my music in different locations is, is a dream for me and to just yeah. uh, hopefully release like a couple of albums in the next few years as well That would be awesome Now let's say that you look five, 10, 20 years down the road, whatever it is, and you're a success at whatever level, but you're a success. Um, and let's say the person you are now could meet your future self. What would you want to tell her or remind her? Um, to never give up and to always believe in yourself because it's really a long journey and there's times where you just want to quit some days where you question everything that you're doing, but it's always it just if you're passionate about it, it's important to just keep moving forward and believe in yourself because, you know, there's definitely a lot of times where I doubt what I'm doing or doubt what I sound like and I think it's it, it can be more harmful to your career than anything else. Um and so just yeah, remembering kill it. to love Yeah. So just remembering to love yourself and what you're doing is really important. Love that. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and they've got something special. They definitely have that it factor. And, and let's say they've played maybe 40, 50 shows so far. So, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always have to clarify that because, of course, right now performing is a little different. But they've played 40, 50 right. shows. Um, they're getting their feet wet, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug. And they look over the crowd, the crowd's roar, and they just know that they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Amanda, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I think for me, something that helped me was just constantly writing songs. And so I would say write as many songs as you can um, and find out, find who you are as an artist. Because for me, it took, it took a long time. Um, I think I just found my sound last year 
Um, mm. But I've written hundreds of songs over the years. And I think that just writing consistently helps perfect your craft and writing by yourself too. I highly recommend that. A lot of people in Nashville co-write. Uh, it's a huge co-writing town. But I, I think what helped me was taking a couple months to just write on my own and yeah. find that thing that felt unique to me. And so I highly recommend that. And I recommend, you know, playing as many shows as you can and being out in front of people because it definitely helps your performance, um, the performance aspect of things and makes you feel less nervous every time you go to perform. <laughs> and just going out to network with people too. I think that's the biggest thing mm. is like connections and, you know, meeting yeah. different people in the industry and meeting other co-writers. And it's just a big part of it. You know, you always hear people say it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I like to take that one step further. To It's actually not even who you know, but it's who knows you. Right, right. That's because you, you can know somebody, but if they don't remember who you are, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, but right. if they exactly. know you. Like making a good, making a good impression <laughs> on people yeah, and really exactly. connecting with others, for sure. <clears throat> So as a rising artist and the artist that's growing like yourself, I'm sure you have friends that are chasing the same crazy dream like you are <laughs> and um, the same visions and all that. So who are one or two artists that people should know? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, there's so many friends. I can't even <laughs> just – I can't even just pick like a few. But uh, one of them is my friend uh, – Brittany Ray, she's really awesome. Great songwriter, great artist, love her voice. Um, so I definitely recommend looking her up. And then I also have another friend, Dallas Remington, who's super sweet. Um, she's got like that Miranda Lambert kind of country mm -hmm. rock feel. And, you know, she puts on a heck of a show. So I definitely recommend her as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Wow. Um, I think um, probably, you know, what the, what the hardest part about being an artist is, like emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because I yep. think that, you know, people always just see the kind of, surface level things on social media they just <laughs> see what people want them to see and that's kind yeah. of it's good in some ways bad in others but there's definitely a lot of hard of hard times that you go through as a musician that people just don't ever you know get to really see or know about and you know I think and that's why we tried to talk know, about like that I, earlier right right and like like <laughs> I said earlier like I, I've struggled with anxiety a lot and I think it's mm -hmm. important to that artists like are open about that and talk about it because it's definitely an issue and especially with social media um, being so prevalent today it's I think it's almost become a little bit of a problem with people comparing themselves <laughs> and you know so I think just kind of opening up about that side of of an artist's life I think is important in that like you guys are obviously amazing about that because we've talked about so much. And so <laughs> well, I think you. that's really important to talk about. 
<clears throat> so as we come to a close here, did just did kind of bring up one last question here. Um, what do you want your message to be through your music to people? For me, I want my message to just be, you know, to just always be a happy a message to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. I want people to um, feel like they can be themselves because, you know, for me, when I write music, I try to be as authentic and open as I can. And I want to make sure that people um, feel like they can just be themselves because, mm-hmm. you know, today, like I said, social media kind of makes you feel like you have to be somebody you're not sometimes. And I really want to portray that and just, loving who you are and loving yourself, you know, along a while back, I wrote the song girl in the mirror, which I really wanted mm-hmm. to resonate with others because it was kind of talking to myself about how I just wanted to love who I was and embrace who I was. Yeah. And that's something I still hope resonates with all of my songs. It's just being yeah. uniquely you. So how do you drive, you know, again, I know I said the last question, this will be last question. Um, We will for sure end on this one. Um, But as, you know, just kind of thought of this as you were talking about that. Every artist has those moments where they they could quit, where they have a fork in the road, and they could go either way. What drives you through this? What's that deep down drive inside of you that pushes you towards music and not just giving up? Right. Well, for me, it's the writing for sure. Uh, songwriting is my favorite part of music and being able to express myself and, you know, hopefully connect to others. So for me, it's being able to tell my stories. And mm-hmm. every time I write a new song, I get so excited about it that I'm like, I can't just like, can't just end my career here. I have to like share this music <laughs> with people. I have to like, somebody yeah. has to hear this, you know, and somebody <laughs> might need to hear it. So that uh. definitely keeps me going. I feel you on that because there's so many times I want to quit. I mean, Sandy has to pull me off the cliff sometimes where I feel like I'm going to go over the edge and she's like, come on down, you know, because <laughs> I feel like, okay, it's just, uh, we, we want to grow. We want to grow and we just don't feel like it's going fast enough. So I definitely get what you're saying. There. And then we get to the point where you're like, you know, we've done so much. How, how, do, how do we quit now? We can't. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I know. I know. It's like you've given all these years into it, so you don't want to quit because you're, then it's like, well, was that pointless? I don't know. <laughs> love that. So tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Um, well, I do have a website, com, or you can also connect with me on social media. It's Amanda A. Cooksey on Instagram, A. Cooksey Music on Twitter, and then my Facebook page is just Amanda Cooksey Music. And um, yeah, I'd love to. And then, oh, you can also follow me on Spotify or Apple Music. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Yes, we do. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you have a oh, great thank day. You. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.